hello, hello, and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling With Entertainment, the only audio experience on the world today. Previewing and reviewing the latest shows from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between every Saturday. And the trusted choice for interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube and Castbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Playout One Coffee. I am, of course, your host, Coca-Cola James, alongside Tequila Calico, who will be joining us a little later because, you know, he's selling that tequila, but who is here making his return, Mountain Dew Scooter. I like that. I really do. Uh, it is. It is good to be back. And it was a good week for Wrestling Lit as we um, as we interviewed Mickey uh, Moldbolt um, from Sweden. Fantastic interview, fantastic individual. Um, and then we interviewed um, Alex Ace on Wednesday. Um, can't recommend those interviews enough. A lot of great content on both of them. Um, and you should definitely um, support them as well. Um, but this upcoming win- um Upcoming in Tuesday, I should say, we have um, the son of wrestling, Vincent Michaels, um, a black and brave um, graduate um, in the New Jersey area right now, um, doing very interesting things to say the least. Um, we cover all of that. Um, Meep Moop Guy, um, the. And. Uh, going to WWE shows regularly, and a hell of a lot more. You definitely want to check that interview out. Um, And then this upcoming Wednesday, we got Lola Harvey, um, who's just starting her wrestling career, but has been around it for the last decade or so. We talk about that, um, a show at um, Crystal Lake, um, maybe an encounter with, with Sasquatch, maybe, we don't know, um, pro wrestling, a hall of, the Hall of Fame, and a hell of a lot more, definitely check that one out as well. And then this upcoming, well not this upcoming, but, um, where are we? Um, Wednesday the 13th, we have Jessica Black on uh, December 20th. Also on Wednesday, we got Angel Blue. And then on Wednesday the 27th, or last interview of the year, we have Con- uh, Katrina Creed. So um, December is heating up even though it's fucking cold. <laughs> You're not kidding here. Ooh. I know. I, 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 I have... I, I have to wear socks with my sandals. It's so inconvenient. Oh God! I I I love the cold, not from the outside, but from the from the inside of my apartment. I mean, yeah, you get to drink cocoa and soup. Ah! Mm. Uh, I wish my dad hadn't given away the uh, the Keurig. I think we're done putting ourselves over. 
I would say so. So we shall uh, be saying it's a great day for wrestling because we are wrestling with the news. Um, and we will be talking all things Pepsi Phil um, when we do our um, review of Survivor Series in a bit. Um, but we will be starting with how Pepsi Phil got fired from AEW um, because it was rumor and innuendo suggest that Brian Danielson is a part of this committee that got yeah. um, hey. him fired. Yeah, uh, what type of committee? Disciplinary committee. Right. Like, why? Why is like wrestlers should not be in that role because you you could say no you could say everything that you could say that you're impartial you have no bias that's clearly bullshit you. You absolutely have a bias, especially when you're someone like Brian Danielson and the past he's had with CM Punk. Have they gone from a bad history with each other? It. It's why we didn't get so many matches between them. We we got. Two main events out of it. In WWE? Uh, yeah. And I still think both of those matches did not live up to either two's name. Um, but... Again, that's... It, it's just not... Something that a wrestler should be a part of making a decision. That that's like that's like a that's like actually performing a wrestler's court. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, you're kind of right about that. You know, ironically enough. Dan, Brian Danielson gave more of a corporate answer than Tony Khan did when it comes to CM Punk. Um, you know, very nice, very professional, you know, very evil. Um, but I get what you mean. It, if, for instance, if this was Eddie Kingston who clearly has issues with Daniel Bryan, would Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, I should say, be the one to discipline Eddie if he had issues with him? And could you objectively believe Bryan if he dealt out punishment? Not to say that he's the last, um, the last person that between Tony and, you know, punishment, but... 
Could you really give him, would you really say that he would suggest something fair for Eddie? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, um, considering that Punk has announced on air in AEW that there are only three na- three wrestlers named Eddie that uh, he respects, and after Eddie Guerrero, the second one was Eddie Kingston. Um, Who's the door? Oh, I, I, I mentioned this in the uh, uh, the interview. He, uh, it's 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 not it's not a well known Eddie. It's oh Eddie Edwards. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, let me see if I can. Hmm. Uh, well, continue to, your door. Uh, uh, so you know, I do not believe Daniel uh, Bryan would be impartial. Uh. Uh, oh, Eddie, Eddie Vegas. Eddie Vegas. Okay. Uh, yeah, he said, Punk said Kingston was the third best Eddie he ever shared a ring with. Do you, because it does seem like Brian is going to be continue being on this disciplinary disciplinary committee. Is this going to get him heat and issues with the rest of the locker room? Um, I don't, I don't know. Quite honestly, um, I do know it is. Uh, Potentially uh, uh, soured him uh, on uh, on ever making a return to the WWE. You might be right about that. Yeah, he is uh, persona non grata after after doing that because. WWE is part of a you know, huge finan- tradable financial group. And ha- having something like that happen is, is bad for intrinsic value and it's bad for overall value as you know, the, the shareholders that might that might be familiar with Danielson, but not quite. Uh, you know that would that would piss them off, and then we'd we'd probably see also a massive uh, sellback of uh, of shares. Well, 
speaking of somebody, you know, maybe not going back to WWE, to somebody that may be having a partnership in the near future, that's QT Marshall. And yes. he resigned from AEW. Um, he said that he, he wore every hat that, that yep. AEW gave him. It was a great time, but now it's time to walk away because he didn't necessarily share the view of the company yep. in 2023. Um, that being said... He is, you know, he's not the owner of the night. He's the head coach of the Nightmare Factory, which is with another guy. I don't know if people know what his name is. Um, a Cody Rhodes, um, who is currently a WWE star. Um, you know, it makes you want it, doesn't it? It it it, it does, and. Uh, and, and Cody says he 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 wouldn't object to having QT uh, you know on on staff, um, but I completely understand where uh, you know where QT is coming from. You know they've gone from. You know, rap class featuring or by Harley Cameron featuring Harley Cameron. Um, that's a that's a weird thing to, to say to begin with. Uh, but we're going from that to chin up, tips out, and watch for that and watch for that ass. What? Yes, but after uh, full gear, how did Tony win with a clearly loaded ass? I mean, it it, it, it wasn't even hidden that well. It was literally noticeable. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, that's not QT's fault. I, uh, I I I know. I'm just I'm I'm making an example of you know what of something that happened while he was there to something that happened probably because he was not around. Um, the the uh, the dirt rags are. Indicating that uh, MLW has shown uh, interest in QT Marshall. Uh, uh, um, as uh, as well as they uh, signed uh, one of our previous guests. Uh, uh, no, um, no, I take that back. She signed with Impact. Sam Laterna. Uh, yeah, shout out to Sam. She was previously on MLW. Yes, that's... Uh, 
But, um, you know, I can't really speak to QT Marshall as, you know, a wrestler and if he's necessarily desired. Everything he really did in AEW, uh, from a wrestler standpoint, I'm sorry, it failed miserably. He was never considered anything major. Um, whether or not he decides to take a step back from, you know, actual pro wrestling and just focus on coaching, um, you know, yet to be seen. I think WWE would absolutely take him as a coach if that was the case. Um, but as a wrestler, I don't know if he would really be valued to anybody to, to impact to MLW. I... Yeah, I, I, I really, I really don't think MLW will benefit at all from saying, oh, we have QT Marshall as part of our you know, training staff. I can see the WWE making him a, you know, a, a, a road agent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could, I could even possibly see him becoming, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels' number one guy. Hmm. And then I can Yeah. Because Shawn really needs somebody to play off of. And when, when QT is not wrestling, the man is, the man is fucking hilarious. I could agree with that. But, I mean, what, is that, what does it speak to AEW that, you know, somebody like QT Marshall, who seems like a pretty loyal guy, if you ask me, um, you know, he sticks to whoever is, you know, does well by him. And then somebody like him ups and leaves because he doesn't necessarily like the, the way the company is going. How does that really, what does that tell you about the direction that AEW is going in? I think it, it simply tells him that, that AEW is trying to spark some sort of attitude era. Um, and it's, 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 it's not exactly working, but QT has, has always been a smart person in this business. Um, and QT probably realized it before the, uh, for the rest of us, that AEW was heading towards something that uh, really would not uh, benefit him 
uh, anymore, especially since he was on screen with a group that doesn't even get used anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen Aaron Solo in God knows how long. Since we haven't seen Harvey. Uh, we haven't seen Harley in a while. We we haven't seen Johnny TV. Well, I mean, Harley Cameron is obviously in um an LGBT educative class because he clearly can't tell when somebody's gay. Um, <laughs> and uh, Johnny took his TV to the repair shop, obviously. <laughs> Because the last thing we need is another season of him on Survivor. I don't even remember him on Survivor. <laughs> oh, oh, I do, I do. That was that was uh, during the time when I was uh, 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 working for uh, CBS uh, as a uh, Big Brother correspondent. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's Anthony Agogo, who, uh, Agogo Gold, away. Oh, God. I, I, could, I completely forgot he existed. So did everybody else. Thank me for reminding you. Well, um. Yeah, uh, well, in a, in a little bit, we're probably going to get much more sadder. Should we get into the very, very sad news of um, sunny, no more sunny days, as, um... Uh, yeah, she was since, how many years? 17 years, um, in prison, and 8 years probation. Uh, do you think they'll, uh, let me have conjugal visits? You know... It does seem like Sonny is not the best of person, never necessarily has been, in all honesty. But, you know, when you're only hurting yourself, that's one thing. But when you hurt people around you, that's a different thing. And then you become, you know, um, a danger to everybody. I do yeah. hope that during this time that she's in she prison, that yeah. maybe she will be able to turn her life around in some way, realize the mistakes she's made, and maybe come out of it the, the better end. You know, I, I had a crazy thought in that Sunny exploiting who she used to be might actually help her out in this situation. If she you know, plays off her years as a manager, that might, that might you know, increase her prison cred. Maybe. Uh, um, 
from somebody that's um, getting locked up to somebody that just got locked up um, in a different way. Alexa Bliss has given birth. Yes, congratulations to Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera. Now give us Alexa back. <laughs> we need our Alexa Bliss back. Oh, for the love of God, we need her back. Congratulations to uh, them on um, doing that thing. Um, then we have interesting bit of news. Mackenzie Mich- Mitchell Ch- yep. um, got released yep. from WWE. That was my uh, sad p- uh, part. Uh, they uh, WWE uh, and Endeavor are reportedly seeking to cut fifty million to a hundred million in expenses from the WWE. UFC did this at the beginning of the merger. Um, yeah, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell, uh, which honestly was a shock because I actually thought she she was good. Uh, she's also married to one half of the NXT commentary team, Booker T. I'm not. I mean, Vic Joseph. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there was uh it was like uh two weeks where he wasn't there because he actually went on a uh, honeymoon. Hmm, interesting. Uh, but what's so odd about this is that these cuts are not coming from uh the talent side. They're coming from the corporate side. Uh, uh, layoffs from the finance department, sales and partnerships, human relations, and production. Uh, several employees at the senior vice president level let go, including Michael Weitz of financial planning, head of global sales and partnerships, Craig Stimmel, controller and chief accounting officer, Karen Mullane, Streaming Technology SVP, Stuart Fry, uh, and Gaming SVP, Matt Geyer. For me, so, for me it sounded like you said that they were cutting seniors. Uh, so, uh, you know, you could probably say that too, quite honestly. <laughs> um, but it People are surprised that these uh, releases, uh, which are known to happen in in two parts of the year, it's right after Mania, and between Christmas. And the rumble. Um, and 
what is surprising is that so far none of the in-ring talent has uh, has been released, um, and this is not to you know raise the money for for you know Pepsi Phil's contract. Um, <laughs> uh, this there there will be more uh, corporate cuts uh, before the uh, before the weekend is out. Speaking, you know, just about Mackenzie, um, it did seem like he he had, you know, a better personality than some of the other, um, you know, correspondents that WWE had. Um, but unfortunately, he never really got to show it because he was primarily on what their Twitch stream. So. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, you're thinking of Megan Morant. Maybe. Uh, Megan Morant is always on the you know, Talking Smack or Talking Raw, you know, the, the internet shows after. Well, I mean, either way, it's probably they have too, way too many correspondents. Um, they're obviously not going to get rid of Jackie because she just remotely signed, like, a couple months ago. And who would want to um, file Kathy Kelly again? Um, yeah. I mean, Kayla Braxton has that repertoire with um, Paul Heyman, so he can't get rid of her. So, I mean, it was kind of who has the sword and with the stick. And, uh, but there's also another, uh, there's another female talent, uh, female interviewer. Uh, or is that Jackie? Probably Jackie. They, oh. There's now so many of them, I can't even think. We're being t- joined by Tequila Calico. Tequila? What? You said tequila or killer? No, tequila. Calico. I mean, um, well, we'll get there. I'll get there soon enough. What is going on, my man, Scooter? Uh, nice to hear from you, my man. Likewise, especially towards this time of year. Yeah. So, uh, Calico, can you tell us about your thoughts on uh, Mackenzie Mitchell corresponding to WWE getting released? Uh, is it really, like, a big deal? I mean, considering the conversation I just had with Scooter, it doesn't necessarily I, seem like it. It would, it would, this is, her release is, in my opinion, the start of future talent releases. There is something that they said there was like low-key 100 employees in corporate got cut. I believe what you're referring to is they wanted to cut uh, 50 mil. Endeavor wanted to cut 50 million to 100 million dollars in expenses. 
Uh, Which is weird uh, that they want to merge, and then oh yeah, let's cut you some expenses. <laughs> Most likely because they want uh, Endeavor will probably fill any of those positions that are deemed essential with their own people and and that ends up coming out of Endeavor's pocket and not the WWE. True, because of the fact that uh, so, and plus the positions they might probably already had got some overlap, so they don't want to... I get it. Oh, uh, I'm little interested. I, oh, continue. I mean, I just... The bump, to me, who really watches the bump? I've never heard anyone go, yeah, I can't wait to watch the bump. It was about the hump, a different story. Unless it pertains to Alexa uh, Bliss, but that's not closer than I own. It's not watch the baby bump. And... Well, uh, that is true. Speaking of another bump, Maybe a bump in the road. Dixie Carter made uh, was spotted backstage for Raw in Nashville. She was a guest of Bruce Pitcher. Um, we haven't heard about Dixie and pro wrestling in quite some time. Uh, I think she's completely out of the picture. But, yes. Um, uh, the last time. He had done anything. It was uh, that AJ Styles special, right? So I mean, she has she doesn't necessarily has have um, any force in the race at this point. Do you see Dixie Carter possibly getting some type of job with WWE? Oh, no, 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 no. Well. Bro, next question. Next, well, next goddamn question. Well, you you know, I could, I could honestly see, uh, Dixie being a candidate for the Hall of Fame. Really? I'm the TNG Hall of Fame. And damn sure it's the <laughs> because she was you know one of the, the, the I, I believe the first uh majority owner of a wrestling company first female majority owner of a wrestling company. Uh, she did do some character work on the show as well. Um, she is UCD's um, aunt. Yeah, not anymore, buddy. I mean, he's still Ethan Carter the dog, UC3. Now, now he's Ethan Copeland. He's Edge's son? Uh, more attractive younger brother. You find EC3 more attractive than Edge? 
I mean, and, and yeah, you know, I mean, he's half his age. Come on, come I don't know. I think Ed looks better than DCP. One wrong bump for Edge and career over. What does that have to do with his looks? Uh, uh damn it. Yeah, and let's let's also not forget that AEW is giving away the candy store uh by announcing Adam Copeland and Christian Cage will take place next week on Dynamite. Oh fuck. Yeah, that ooh. You know, just when you think that they do something smart, you fuck it up. But, uh, what was I getting at? It might, obviously that match will be taking place on um, Warner Brothers TV, but maybe in the future it won't. Because one of the people bidding for WWE programming next year is Warner Brothers. Uh, it is rumored and anyone though strongly believe that WWE will be on FX um, next year. I don't think FX has ever had pro wrestling. Yes, they have. They had Impact. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Spike. No, they also had Impact after Spike was gone. And then it was... Uh, and then after that, it was AXS until uh, the pandemic. USA is more accessible than FX, but I can't uh, be wrong about that. It, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, the, the, the way that the medium of cable television is evolving, um, it's going to get to a point where it's actually going to be oh now you can just choose which channels you want uh yeah because uh the the streaming services like uh like pluto uh uh freebie uh samsung tv plus that you know has all the niche uh stuff it's, you know, I'm kind of surprised that the only promotion that has taken advantage of this uh, is, T- is TNA. They're no longer Impact. That's right. What say you, Kaliko? What are your thoughts on WWE potentially being on FX um, next year? 
I mean, it would be harder to find. I mean, that's good for me because I guess I can I can watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia right after. Maybe <laughs> that would be the plus, right? I get the best of both worlds there, but uh, I will believe it when we see. I, I always thought. I mean, USA in itself was kind of a. Keep in mind, back, oh, back in our day, used to be kind of a, a premium channel, hard to find. USA was always part of basic cable. But it's always part of basic cable. FX, I'm not sure, is always part of most people's basic cable. It it used to be a premium channel, but then you had FXX. And yeah, FXX and FFXXX and Triple X and Triple X is a completely different I'm I'm surprised that in that conversation that Fox Sports One isn't up for consideration. Would WWE consider Fox Sports rather than Fox Sports One, simply for the fact it's, that it's, it's just a another? Because they don't consider it a sport, right? Remember when they tried to like do that whole thing with football and pro wrestling? Nah, that shit was not popular. <laughs> I people know the difference. <laughs> Twenty years, thirty years ago, you might have got away with that. I, I, I say regardless, with SmackDown being on, with with uh, SmackDown moving to USA, uh, I I think it's very clear that Raw is gonna stay uh, on on SmackDown. What what I would like to see is if the WWE actually managed to get a actual television network for themselves. I mean, they had their own network. They took it. Yes, but... yeah, but only only if you're outside the U.S. Yeah, Canada. Uh, uh, and yeah, if you if you try to watch it on Peacock, it's always the best of WWE. This, the best of WWE. That, the best of WWE getting hit by a wiffle ball bat. True. Uh, so they may as well just get in on the ground floor of being the first company to actually have a dedicated cable channel for it. Uh, and, you know, that way, that, that, that would be a, a money, that would be a money maker. That would be, that would almost be guaranteed revenue. I mean, then you, uh, it, it wouldn't, I, I would think it would only be WWE content on there, considering you know Endeavor and whatnot. UFC's a part of that. Well, no, nah, ESPN is not playing that shit. 
Yeah, like the WWF, the WWE side for sure. The UFC part. Uh, the only because yeah, the only way you can watch UFC is ESPN, ESPN Plus, or the UFC Network if you're overseas. But that's about it. Um and uh technically Warner Brothers Discovery is part of Disney Plus and part of Max. Uh yeah, yeah, uh HBO's streaming. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, you know, an actual, you know, combat sports programming, you know, division. Hell, let's get an, let's get another run of American Gladiators. Why not? Bring back Nitro. I, I had an action figure of Nitro. I used to have the game on Super Nintendo. I, uh, I was uh, into that shit. Uh, the, I was into that shit. Yeah, the, the, the version on uh, the regular Nintendo was a pain in the ass. Yes, yeah, it was. <laughs> Back to Paul Wesley. Because we got a side there. Um, you know, just to, just to feed into and window a little bit. What if Warner Brothers takes WWE on on and off for? What happens to AEW? Uh, I mean, they just have to play nice. Unless Warner Brothers put them on a whole different plane. Do you I think that Warner Brothers would completely drop AEW, or you think that they would they would hold the competition with having the biggest wrestling organization in the world? I'm not sure Warner Brothers is interested in them to begin with, let alone interested in them and completely dropping AEW because you know for however much we you know just about Tony Khan and that's about 99% of the time uh, (laughs) that, that, that remaining 1% is somebody who knows how to negotiate contracts when he's not kissing ass Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he negotiated probably, and plus he's been, he's experienced with it. He's been negotiating with football players for shit the last several years, salaries and shit. So he knows how to come to a happy medium. If there's nothing else, he knows that. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, it was the ones that were interested with Warner Brothers FX. Um, and um, something we've talked about in the past, Amazon, which, you know, maybe, maybe not, we'll see. 
if if it ends up being on Amazon, it's gonna be free to watch. It would have to be, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, because it. I mean, it's a pain in the ass just to get the prime for football. And you know, there's there's not a lot of ways to measure, you know, the you know the amount of viewers. You would you would have to have it running side by side with an incoming traffic filter to you know uh you know separate all the incoming connections into their you know rightful places and uh you know not uh you know not repeats for anybody who's using someone else's account that's that's the toughest thing with Amazon. Well, we shall see what happens um, going forward. Our last bit of news has to do with Ric Flair. And oh, God. And he wrote on, uh, I believe it was Twitter. Um, maybe it was reposted. I, I'm not quite sure. But, um... What he said, and I quote: "I am so tired of hearing all of this negativity. I don't need to walk, and I don't need the money. Can't I simply enjoy being by my dear friend Sting's side for the last few months without so much hatred? I know I'm old, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy life. I have earned the right to do whatever I want, and I'm exactly where I want to be." I appreciate everything Tony Khan has, um, it just says Tony Khan, but I'm more than willing to walk away if I'm embarrassing you in your company. All I can say is I'm sorry. Well, you know, that statement is one thing, especially after on live fucking television, you invite the age range of 18-year-old girls to 28-year-old girls to your hotel room. Specify, These are adults. <laughs> specify an amount, either. Oh, God. He did this on AWTV? Yes. Yep. Hey, well, you, you know what they say about Ric Flair. He loves the pussy. <laughs> If he can find it, <laughs> oh, he can find it. Trust I me. Mean, he... there, there, there was a time when Ric Flair could go down on a girl and just woo her into an orgasm, and now he could barely get woo energy drink down his own throat. Wow, y'all are just. You know, I kind of felt bad for him until you mentioned what you just mentioned, and now it's just, yeah, I'm back to where I was. Yeah, that that response was in response to what Flair said. Pretty much. 
Yeah. Uh, I will give him the, 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 the benefit of the doubt of the fact that he is old enough to where he could be saying worse. <laughs> and people really won't think twice about it. So I'll give him that much. You know, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Ric Flair is behind uh, uh, the the uh, the recent uh, Israel Palestine conflict. Will you stop it? Hey, I'm part of the people that are afraid to showcase their religion because of all that crap. And down that, we shall end the news. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. So, Rogue Energy, the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand, whether it be juices, shakes, smoothies, and everything else in between. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focus, ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime. You're thirsty. And their shake formula is so delicious. Who doesn't love a cookies and cream, zero-calorie energy milkshake first and foremost they've designed every rogue product line with performance and effectiveness in mind it is critical that you look at the nutrition panels of drinks when comparing options there are countless off brands out there that are presenting low quality poorly dosed formulas that amount to expensive caffeine water every formula they produce is designed with optimal levels of high quality ingredients additionally you won't find a powdered gaming drink brand that dissolves better no need to have chalky textures in your drink their taste profiles are unmatched, specifically designed for gamers, athletes, students, entrepreneurs, people with hectic schedules, individuals with low energy, podcasters who can't shut up, people who are health conscious, and so much more. Great as both a pre-workout and as a coffee energy drink replacement. Specifically designed every Rogue product line to be the best gaming drink on the planet. Rogue energy, more energy, more focus, more wit. Use promo code WRESTLINGE for 10% off your next purchase. And we are wrestling with... WWE Survivor Series War Games. It's hard to believe that this was literally one week ago. Um, it took place in... Uh, Rosemont, Illinois, at the Rosemont Horizon, now known as the Allstate Arena. Attendance was 17,138. Um, a damn near sellout. Um, and, I mean, there was only five matches on this card, but I gotta say, it was an enjoyable and Obviously, for obvious reasons, a memorable show, to say the least. Um, the show as a whole, how did you feel about it, Kalika? <clears throat> well, five matches, like you said. <clears throat> Pretty good show overall. I can't even lie. It is some good stuff. Um... Me personally, I I was like, 
I was driving to LA while watching it, so I was kind of paying attention and stuff like that. But it was overall decent show. Can't even knock it. New Japan, AEW take notes with these eight hour pay per views because it felt quick. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it really, it really, it felt really fucking fast. Like I, like I was driving to LA by the time I got to LA. Wait, it's over. Like, 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 holy shit, it went by quick. So I guess they're getting cutting the fluff and getting straight to the point, which is really, really good. Uh, this is a this is I this is I think the first uh decent war games uh that they've had since they uh you know brought the concept to uh main TV the women's and the men's game uh, war games got a you know a lot of time as it should be uh, uh Gunther and Miz that e- that even felt like it went a little bit longer, but it was still good. Um, I you could probably have done without uh, uh, Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee. I mean, you know, it was supposed to be Carlito, and I think that was also a kind of a big moment for uh, Hispanic fans, you know, finally getting to see Carlito wrestle a one-on-one match at a PLE. Um, 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 uh, Mexican fans, just fans in general that enjoyed his work. I was excited to see him. The it was a it was it was a good show. Um, if I had to pick anything to nitpick at, I would say why did they really need to uh, you know, decide? What? Why did they, you know, devote so much time to wondering if Randy was going to show up? That that you could have had, you could have had, you could have not done that at all, and it would it it probably would have been just as good. Um, the, the idea of Randy being, you know, unsure if Randy will make it because of a prior attack would would have made more sense to me. But this, this was a, a hugely enjoyable event and 
They and they they struck while the iron was hot. And I, I will tell you about my response to that when we uh, get to the main event. Okay. So that um, gets us to the first match. Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch defeated um, Damage Control. Um, we got Io, Io Sky with Dakota Kai. With a barely there, with a barely here, barely there, barely everywhere. Um, Asuka and Kyrie Sane were also there. Um, it took, uh, it was 33 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, good way to start the show. Um, maybe a little bit, um, surprising that damage control, considering, you know, all the damage they've been doing. Um, actually took the L here. Um, but I wasn't necessarily mad, a- mad about it. What say you, Kalika? I'm trying to remember. I said that they were going to win, huh? I think you said that Damage Control was going to... If Damage Control won, then uh, Judgment Day was going to lose if... Um, yeah, it was always one or the other, right? Yeah. And I was always thought that. I was like, they just pissed me off both times. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this match actually, everybody got their shit in. And this is this is the crazy part. I'm just going to say this quick story before I get to it. So me and my boy was watching it, right? <clears throat> Charlotte walks in at 6.35. He says at 6.40, she will be doing a fucking moonsault. At 6.40, she was doing a goddamn moonsault. <laughs> like, on the dot. I was like, God damn it. Because like, <laughs> I thought, and, and what got me was when EO did her shit, I was like, oh, yeah, Charlotte can't get her shit after that. And Charlotte was like, fucking that. <laughs> And then you ask your son, now say money shall fall from the sky. Exactly. <laughs> but overall, it was a good match. Pretty physical. Shotzi, I swear to God, she must have been concussed. Because this girl was like literally hitting ev- like everything. When she hit the chair and the chair bounced off and a bust her in the back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something. So yeah, Shotzi got her ass toe up by herself, uh, taking all them damn hits. Bailey was the MVP, and it looks like Bailey. To me, it seemed like the story was Bailey was fighting for the group, and and it, in double ways. Like she's fighting for the group, yeah, obviously to win, but she's also kind of like fighting for her the group to find her place within the group. Right. Which which was interesting to me. So that, to me, was the biggest takeaway from that, from that match. But overall, a great match. Scoodle? Uh, first off, um, it wouldn't be right unless we mentioned the change to damage controls Name, and that's three Asians with a Bailey. Uh, 
It, it's the long-awaited concluding trilogy to the three men and a baby. Uh, <laughs> um, I won't. You ain't lying. I should cut three Asians and a baby. You're gonna start calling. Let's go to my Twitter handle: three Asians and a baby. And damn it, the interesting thing here is that it was only four on four for the women. And yet, they only did a minute or so less than the total time of the men's match. Um, yeah, that's correct. And th- that's, that's insane. Especially when you honestly could have made this a five-on-five. I mean, who would would have been able to fill that extra spot? I mean, obviously, Dakota Kai couldn't because she was injured. Well, I'd say, why not bring Trish back and Lita? I mean, maybe Trish, but Lita... uh, It kind of seems like it's over for her. Over for art teacher, English art teacher. Yeah. Let her make her art. Let her have her fun, but you know. Uh, well, this this match was way more nuts than the men's match. I mean, Eo diving. From the top of the cage. With a garbage can on her head. I, How much trust do you have to have in every person in that ring to confidently be able to pull that off? What about confidence in yourself that you're going to actually hit the mark? I don't think... I don't think the mark actually mattered. Um, as as long as she built into a group, uh, the group would cover for it. So it would look good no matter what. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things. I didn't like Dakota Kai trying to slip a kendo stick in, and yet she keeps it in there so long that Becky is able to grab a hold of it and and pull it in. Well, clearly there was enough time for her to just pull it out. Uh, then again, you know those... Uh, and then the New Zealanders and their pullout game. Uh, oh, you stop it. Uh, you know, the, the WWE seems to have forgotten what the main starting point of war games 
is supposed to be. And that's the heels always have the advantage. Um, I mean, they have the advantage in the men's. So it can't necessarily be all the same. Yeah, yeah, but that's how Dusty defined it. That's how, that's what, that's the type of match war games are supposed to be. The good guys overcoming the bad guys. And, you know, if you look at, you know, all the war games throughout WCW, the one thing they have in common is the bad guys had the advantage, but the bad guys still all lost. Doesn't that kind of get repetitive in a sense? Like, you know what's going to happen. I think that's the detriment to the World Games it, match, is that concept exactly. It works with five. Uh, it, it doesn't work with four, really. Um, and, uh, so I guess that's the right decision. Also, they really need to stop allowing pinfalls to end the match. Four games is supposed to end with a submission. Doesn't really matter, honestly. How many stars do you give this match? Could we go? I mean, I give it a solid four. You know, it was it was a good starter. People were hot for it. They had crazy flips and shit. Shotzi knocked herself out thirteen times. It's typical. I'm I'm gonna say a I'm gonna say a hard four too. Considering that I thought damage control was absolutely winning this match, um, and they didn't, I'll give it a four just for that unpredictability. Alright, uh, that brings us to um, Walter Contostorks defeating the Miz. Um, to retain his Intercontinental Championship in 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, good match. I liked how Miz didn't exactly go full face. He still had some, you know, heelist tactics to try to win the match. And weirdly enough, it was appreciated by the fans as well. Um, but obviously not enough to, you know, overcome the ring, the wrong, the rah 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 rah. Coleco. Miz actually, I mean, Miz did what he was supposed to do with that match because everyone and their mother thought that match was a squash match. But Miz made made Gunther 
work for it. I mean, Gunther at that one point was kind of like Okada coming down to the person's level a bit because he kind of overlooked how good Miz is. Right. And it 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 just to be clear, Miz is. I, you gotta give Miz props, man. This dude works with everybody. His and people shit on his style, but his style is so flexible with anybody and everybody. He took them chops. His his face, his man, his chest was really hell, but. Hey, that's what happened with Gunther. But he made Gunther work for it. And that's the one thing I think Gunther was surprised about. Was the match a tad bit long? Eh, tad bit. But that was the point of the story. It was the point of the story was Gunther should have. Gunther himself felt like that match should have been over quicker because of the fact that he feels that he was way more superior to Miz than. You know what I mean? So that I think that that kind of balances it out. You know, part of me is wondering when did Miz go face? A couple of weeks ago, but it's not. Yeah, but it was it, it was the weirdest face turn. Ever, uh, like, I mean, I will say this: I think it's some of the best work the Miz has ever done. I, I think Miz is one of those, you know, you know, rare talents that. Even though he could be an asshole when he's a heel, that he can be an asshole when he's a face and get as much love as he would have gotten, you know, booze. Uh, And, I mean, I figured that there, there was no way the Miz was winning this, um, but there were a couple of moments where I thought, maybe is this the time? Five hundred and thirty-seven days. Uh, it, but I agree with Coleco, uh, Gunther. It almost seemed like Gunther wasn't exactly ready to face the version of the Miz he fought. Uh, and, you know, that that last minute creative way to get him, take the Miz back into submission, it almost showed Gunther well it gave us an example of Gunther panicking yeah and 
if you can do that, he will doubt himself, and that is how you bring someone like Gunther down to your side. We're starting to see the cracks. Yeah, and that is that really is the way you should see it because he was he was already pissed at Imperium to begin with. Uh, so you know he's taken out you know that anger on them and. It's, it's, they're showing that Gunther is, is a mortal man like the rest of us. How many stars do you give this one? I, you know, I feel like being generous, I will give this a four. Coleco? I was thinking the same. I was like four and a quarter because it really showed the, the whole thing that that Scooter was right. That was a perfect overall. And and it's and it only took someone like Miz to do it because he has that experience. And I think Gunther underestimated that experience. You know what? I'll give it four as well. Now we get to um, Santos Escobar defeating Dragon Lee in 7 minutes and 40 seconds. Honestly, a little disappointing because it wasn't Carlito. It feels like the match kind of dipped in quality because of that fact. Um, but it was a decent match. It got Santos, um, you know, a win on a major pay-per-view. So, at the end of the day, I suppose it did do what it needed to. Um, but what say you, Kalika? Pretty much. I, personally, I, I always, when I said when I saw it got announced, either Carlito's injured or they're saving it for a bigger event. Because... It wouldn't have made sense for Santos to turn. And I always say this, when someone is turning, you either want it to give them a hierarchy with the people, or if they're turning hill, you want it to pay dividends immediately. And I think, to me, otherwise, it would just defeat the purpose of turning, right? Um, So this is a good win for Santos to to justify why he did, you know, why he did what he did and, and get him on that path to maybe eventually Rey Mysterio and or Carlito. Yeah, I, I believe there was a sixth match that they had uh, canceled. Uh... And I'm having trouble remembering what it was. Um, damn, I, 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 either way. Um, this, I honestly think 
we could have pro- we could have done this without uh we could have done without this match. Well, and it's a good point, but the you know it should have been you know at least. Uh, you know, you know, Logan Paul should have had at least one defense. Uh, and you know, you could have, you could have ran uh, Logan Paul and Ricochet back. We're waiting until WrestleMania for that, though. Yeah, I think they're waiting to Mania for that. Ricochet gets redemption at Mania. Hmm. Uh, mm. uh, either way, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this match, I'll, I'll give it two and a half. Coleco? Solid three. Give it a solid three. I think right. Three is the, probably the best way to go with it. Alright, we got Rhea Ripley defeating Zoe Starks um, to retain the Women's World Championship in 9 minutes and 15 seconds. Calico. Talk about a match that shouldn't have been on the card. Anyway, uh, Rhea won. Zoe made it a good fight. Next. I mean, just showed Zoe can hang. Next. Scoot yeah. Now this was basic. This was basically a squash match. Um, they they like making Rhea look invincible, um, and they like they like when fans chant, "Who's your mommy?" Um, This this did what it was supposed to do. Could there have been someone else better suited to uh, take uh, Rhea Ripley's place? Uh, I don't know, but maybe... We we know that they're building up to uh, uh, Rhea and Naya. Yeah. Um. I also think they're gonna. Uh, I think the. Uh, I think. Shayna Baszler is going to be her Rumble opponent. Quite possibly. Um, so, yeah. How many stars you give this one, Scooter? I, w- I will give it a solid three. Coleco? He, he, he dropped. 
we will come back to Coleco. Um, I will also give it a drink. But, and that brings us to our last match. We got um, Cody Rhodes, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Jake Uso, Sami Zayn, and Randy Orton defeating The Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, uh, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, DJ Mick Funko, and Drew McIntyre um, in a War Games match in 34 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, to your point where, you know, you said it was unnecessary that if Randy was going to make it or not, I think that was more to play up and tease, well, you know, somebody else might take his place. You know, somebody from Chicago. Or, you know, somebody that just made a return. Um, like R-Truth, for instance. <laughs> Which uh, was a big surprise Really happy to see our truth back in WWE doing yeah. this thing. I um, mean, and, and, and Triple H at that press conference afterwards, so he said, let's talk about that big return. Of course, I'm talking about our truth uh, <laughs> That was... That was... That was... That was funny as hell. Right. <laughs> And even more so, seeing him on Raw and him saying, he, "Oh, he'd like he'd like to be the fifth person on the Judgment Day team for War Games." I mean, I I think at this point we can finally call our truth Alzheimer's. Our truth is. And, uh, but he did find those, uh, Grammy award-winning jelly rolls. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what? He had those little Debbie ones, which are so disgusting. Well, nonetheless, um... Should have had a Tootsie Roll instead. It was... I think a good match, uh, somewhat memorable. Um, definitely a shocker, considering, you know, Damage Control lost earlier in the night as well. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a triumphant return for Randy Orton, who, I don't even know how, looks even better than when he left. Yeah, they, they were... The rumors were that he was looking, he was looking even more jacked uh, than when he left. And let let's let's get something clear here. Randy Orton had double fusion neck surgery. Back surgery. Yeah. And, you know, a, you know, a single, uh, a single fusion surgery 
kept Shawn Michaels away from the ring for uh, almost a little over four years. Edge for ten. Uh, so th if this says anything about Randy's work ethic, if you were doubting, you know, whether or not uh, Riddle's well-earned uh, uh, well, uh, well release was going to have any effect on him, you should know that nothing can stop Randy Orton from having a successful singles run. In fact, when he's in a tag team at this point, it it really does hinder him when you, when you really look at it. I mean, I make mean, to make that argument with Riddle. I mean, he's never needed uh, a that tag team partner. It was only to get Riddle over at that point. But, you know, it, the yeah, only thing holding Riddle back at this point, or at any point, was Riddle himself and his, you know, his issues. Um, but yeah, it's it's insane how fantastic Brent Brent Orton looked fantastic in two thousand and two. It's incredible. Yeah. He looks bangs. Huh? Uh yeah, but he had those like weird bangs. Ah, true. Uh I do love the fact that Damian Priest was going to attempt, and I figured something like this might happen, that he was going to attempt to use the briefcase during the match. Which makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. Well, if you, if you have Seth down and you have three of your other uh, you know, teammates... Um, but what was to say Drew McIntyre does not claymore every last one of them and win the champ and pin set and win the championship? Uh, because it would still be considered a Damian Priest cash in. But that's uh, to say when Seth Rollins cashed in his uh, briefcase in uh, at thirty one. Roman Reigns couldn't have won that match because it was triple threat. That's that's a fair point. Um, I don't exactly think the logic of cashing it in during a multi-man match already in progress, I think that just adds to the confusion. Um, and given, given what happened with, uh, Theory, I think the WWE are taking their time on this one. And it's, I, I am 
gonna say that Damian Priest will uh, will have successfully casted in uh, by the time Elimination Chamber ends. Um, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the all, all five, uh, you know, draping Orton DDTs, that was a great visual. Uh, the, you know, being thrown right into an RKO from the cage, that was like, and it, and it was so clean. Oh, yeah. It was probably the most beautiful RKO he's ever delivered. Um, I... I think now they might pull the trigger with Randy... On being seventeen-time world champion, and you know it's rightfully so. Uh, I mean, it's now a it's now a chase between Randy and Charlotte. Is he at fifteen or fourteen right now? Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, so he needs to dream more times. Yeah. And he's in he's in the shape to do it, unless they give Cena one more you know month long reign, just so they can knock uh, Ric Flair out of uh, that record book. I don't think John Cena is going to do something like that. I don't think I think John Cena's time is. Um, you know, has somewhat expired at this point. I mean, he's going through, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, uh, a crisis of, uh, a crisis of self, and I... Maybe it happens at Elimination Chamber. Uh, but then again, I think I think they're gonna pull out uh, uh, Cena and Logan Paul for Elimination Chamber. Honestly, I have no idea at this point. But I mean, unless unless they plan on doing it uh, for WrestleMania and they do Ricochet and Logan Paul uh, at uh, at Elimination Chamber. No, I think it's going to be Ricochet and Logan Paul at Mania. It has to be at this point. But um, yeah, no, Randy Orton looking fantastic. Um, good match. 
Um, that RKO was phenomenal on uh, McDonough. Um, it's funny how, you know, Cody actually got the W over a priest um, to actually win the match. Yeah, Orton said, you take it. Um, that being said, how many um, stars do you give this one? I am, I am going to give it a five. I will give it a four. It hit all the right buttons. Um, not necessarily, you know, all that memorable, but the mem the moments that were memorable will arguably will remain that way. All right, and that brings us to the last part, and that is yeah, yeah. We gotta set something. Uh, make something clear here. The you know the uh, the closing right corner graphic had come up. Yes. And you know, many people, uh, assumably, thought this you know uh, thought this really wasn't going to happen. Um. But as soon as that, as soon as that music hit, I went. I, I literally shouted, "Holy fuck!" at the top of my lungs. James, tell it to the masses. It happened. Hell froze over. Pepsi Phil has returned home. And Coleco did not believe me. Coleco completely dis uh completely dismembered he disregarded it. Did not think it was going to happen. I feel like I was the only person that kinda knew that it was going to happen. And it did. He's here. And he's back, and he's not going anywhere for the time being. You know, I don't know if... Do you remember the remix for WrestleMania 38? Um, that was... <laughs> and our reaction to Cody returning? Yeah. Uh, do you remember what I said? Not particularly. I said, Hey, Tony, you can keep your CM Punk's. Nothing is going to match the level of this audience right now. Well, I clearly was wrong. That. It, that this happened not even to not even to come into the ring that it was just to show up 
And this was not supposed to happen until the Rumble. I believe that was a false trail for us, then you the fans to, you know, make us think, okay, he's not going to be here. And then all of a sudden, that remastered version of Cult of Personality and the, you know, and the, and the level of noise from the fans was a bigger pop, you know, than when Mick Foley would mention the name of the city they're in. Uh, I will quote my own personal post on this, and I am borrowing the words from Jim Ross. The All-State Arena hadn't shook like that since Michael Jordan. It was Jordan-esque. Punk is home amongst his WWE family. I love the way that the fans picked up on clobbering time. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, when he actually you know, looked at his watch and he, he, Punk only said it's and the crowd finished it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Punk wasn't even you know, wearing any any merch. No. Oh no, uh, no, that, that's that's wrong. He was wearing the um the Daniel Bryan uh basic white tee. So Oh uh, <laughs> no. You yes. know, it, it's not you know it's you wanna follow me? I'm wearing your merch on, on T V. <sighs> You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Yeah, it's to show that Punk is a changed man because, you know, the fans are, that are still upset by, you know, the release from AEW, which is complete... Which is now complete bullshit. Uh, and Tony... Uh, we all knew that Tony Khan was a uh, such a punk mark that he he was the second he would be the second in a human centipede that started with punk I mean Good lord, that man could suck ass. Um, <laughs> but you know, and, and you know, going back to the the fact that they were willing to give him a live mic, uh, no more than forty eight hours after his contract was signed because it did not get signed 
until early in the day on Saturday. Um, how Triple H and Nick Khan were able to keep this secret and without getting, you know, without it getting spoiled, uh, it's, it's, it's just, you know, I don't, ooh. I don't even want to say that it got spoiled or people didn't know that it was going to happen. It was, there was two people that the fans were split. Those that knew it was going to happen, which was myself, I I truly believed he was going to make that return. And then there was the ones that did not want to believe it was going to happen. Were you on Reddit at any point during that time? No, I was not. I was thinking about how much... Uh... Tony Khan is a hypocrite because, uh, you know, he, he got fired for speaking up about using glass in a spot. And, of course, you know, Swerve and Hangman, they use glass galore. Well, Punk was against the glass. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean... Punk, that was actually the case of Punk looking out for a younger talent. Right. And it's, you know, we, after this, I would, I would say that uh, that Punk could possibly be in the top three to win the Rumble. Uh, I don't think that will happen. Uh, it will. It will. It it will be Cody again. Or Jake Uso. Or Jay Uso, or at the very least, uh, L.A. Knight. Um, it's it, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that you know this is a nail in the coffin of AEW because as long as Tony Khan is has money. And it's willing to spend it, then you know AEW is going to be a lot. But I and I don't even want to say this is like AJ Styles leaving TNA in two thousand and thirteen. But it's somewhat of a it's somewhat of it took all of this stupid shit for CM Punk to come back to WWE. Because this was never going to happen if there wasn't an AEW, if Tony Khan didn't do what he did. And it just doesn't look good for AEW that they had this megastar and they let him go. Especially considering that they didn't fire Jack P. 
Perry to boot. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, Perry hasn't been on TV in quite some time. And I can't imagine he's not going he's going to be on TV anytime soon since Punk came back. Yeah. AEW really has to you know, start setting some firm boundaries. Um I I honestly believe that there were a number of things Punk would do before he actually got fired. I did not think it would be for suggesting that they don't do a spot where both superstars could get very hurt. Uh, and the, the that uh that speech on Raw, where you know, you know, usually when Punk has a mic, he takes a long time. This I think is the fastest I've ever seen Punk get to the point. Even if it was at the end of the show, uh, I think that's a symbol of him being a changed man. And the fact that he said, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. I, you know, Punk might be the most honest guy in pro wrestling right now. You know, it's funny, because literally the next day, I was talking to a friend. Her only knowledge of pro wrestling is that I do wrestling with entertainment. She's told me many times in the past, you know, you could tell me what the show's about, but and I'd, I'd like to listen, but I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I know nothing about pro wrestling. That's me explaining pro wrestling to my relatives. So, we were we were talking. I didn't bring it up. She brought it up. She was like, "Hey, I saw like last night. This guy came back, and it was supposed. It's like a really big deal or something. Is I know you do the show. Is that something like you talk you talk about or something you're going to talk about?" And I was shocked. Because she's, ne- she's never brought up pro wrestling ever. And for the simple fact that somebody that has no wrestling education whatsoever said, is this a big deal that this guy came back? It speaks volumes on CM Punk's impact on culture in general that no, but people that don't know about wrestling even know about CM Punk and what he's doing. It's crossing over. Yeah, I mean, so many non-traditional outlets were covering it. Um, the UK says he's not coming back to Wembley. <laughs> oh. oh, God. And, uh, 
by the way, Tony, uh, way, way to waste money with Will Ospreay. And for that this year as well. Utterly, utterly ridiculous to spend that much money on a superstar who refuses to move to the U.S. Well, that's... I want to say that's a conversation for another time, but I don't see why we have to talk about Will Ospreay ever in the, in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think so either. But I think this is a really great move for Punk. I think we're going... I think for the first time in his career, he's going to prove people wrong in the sense that he can be professional. He can work with people that have issues with him. He can do everything people said he couldn't, because he absolutely can. I think we're going to get some really good shit out of this. And, I mean, my God, what a time to be a fucking WWE fan. In all honesty, you don't, you got Roman Reigns, you got Cody Rhodes, you got Jay Uso, you have LA Knight, you have Seth Rollins, you have, you still got Brock Lesnar, you have CM Punk, you have all these megastars, and if you don't like one of them, well, you're going to like the other one, and if you don't like any of them, then I don't know what to tell you, because everybody is insanely popular right now, and everybody's getting pops, and it just seems like we're in an Attitude Era-esque renaissance of pro wrestling once again, and honestly, I'm excited about it. I I am excited as well. Uh, yeah, there's still some superstars around that uh, might have some unfinished business with Punk, or Someone who uh, is managed by a certain wise man. Right. But that doesn't... People were upset because they think that Cody isn't getting his title match because of Punk now. But the the story between Punk and Roman isn't about the titles. It's about Paul Heyman. Yeah. And, and there's no reason you can't do that after WrestleMania. There's there's also no I also wouldn't have a problem if it was done at Elimination Chamber. I mean it's a, a it's a big arena that they're gonna be in. So you you might as well you know give them a match that will get all the media outlets talking. And and Punk wins that match, which is... (laughs) Well, what I would think 
would happen is that Punk Roman first in a non-title match, and Punk wins that one. And then Punk has grounds to ask for a title match, you know, with Roman, and maybe we even get a Punk, Brock, Roman triple threat. And it's just Paul Heyman in a shark cage shitting his pants. <laughs> Well, uh, if we're talking, we're getting a little off track here by talking about uh, Australia's Soul Elimination Chamber. In all honesty, I saw Nia Jax beating Rhea Ripley at the Rumble, getting the title from her. Rhea getting the rematch clause at um, the Australia Soul. And that actually be the main event where Rhea pins Nia to win the whole championship back. Um, that's the last match on the card. Um, you can't... I mean, you can have Punk and Roman start the show. Um, but, I mean, it's how you want to do it. I mean... WWE. Considering that they are building... That they started kind of building for a Punk-Rollins match. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen the footage of Seth flipping yeah. off Punk. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that was an angle. And, you know, I would... I might even expect that more at, you know, at Elimination Chamber instead of at Mania. Um, because, you know, it, I, I, I honestly believe it will be Cody again, uh, and this time he will be able to finish the story. Um, it, it's, it, it, there's just so much promise for, uh, the future of wrestling in the WWE, and yeah, you know, it it's like a repeating sunrise coming up over the horizon that just brightens you up over and over again. And now we'll conclude our coverage of um, Survivor Series. Join us next week as we talk about... I don't fucking know what we're going to be talking about. I'm sure stupid shit will happen in all pro wrestling. Um, Rick Flair will have another um, rant. Child? How? He's in his <laughs> 80s. <laughs> hey. You know, crazy things have happened. I mean, um, it's going to be a hand? At the end of it? Uh, no, I think it's just going to be dust. <laughs> you know, when Rick when Rick Flair shoots his load, yeah, you know, his dick just goes. It's like, sorry. 
My semen has turned to dust. <laughs> or it could be that, you know, his <laughs> his dick shoots out a little flag that goes, Woo! Will <laughs> you stop? Never! <sighs> I'm back, bitches. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> if you like what we're doing for whatever fucking reason, uh, please like, subscribe, comment, put on YouTube and <laughs> This was sponsored by Rogue Energy and Clearable Coffee. Maybe not after this episode. Um, join us this, um, this Tuesday for um interview with Vincent Michaels. Join us this Wednesday as we interview Mola Hari, um, and join us every Tuesday and Wednesday for new incredible interviews. Follow the show at Wrestling with E, but on uh, X, Instagram, and Thread for information on who we're interviewing, when we're interviewing them, links to those interviews, and so much more. Follow me personally at JamesJ993. Where can we find Coleco? Well, when my phone ain't killing on me, uh, I'm Coleco. Chronicles coming up. Uh, got another episode coming up. Might be a weekend here, though. Oh, yeah. Right. And what can we find Scooter Dust? Uh, you can find me on X at Scooter Dust. Uh, I am happy to say that the remix will officially be back on the air starting with the 2024 Royal Rumble. Keep an eye out for the so on the social media pages for more info as we get closer to that date. Um, is there anything I used to say that I'm just forgetting? Probably, but I think that'll do for now. <laughs> it's enough. For Coleco Yachts and Scooter Dust, I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling with Entertainment. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.